When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel so supported in the creation and distribution of my show. Spotify for podcasters hosts masterclasses, office hours, and more to help creators develop and fine-tune their skills. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. That was kind of the moment that I was like, okay, my academic grades and like my academic career does not impact who I am as a human being or like what I have to offer this world. And then kind of just like having everyone in your family be doctors or lawyers or chemists, like you just feel a lot of pressure. And so kind of getting to that point where you're like so confident in yourself and what you have to offer the world outside of your profession or outside of like your academic success is so incredible. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to or back to 8020. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. I have a very, very special guest on the show for you guys today. Brianne Helfrich is the host of Welcome to the Collective, a podcast dedicated to all things wellness, mindset, kind of just like living life in your 20s. I feel like if you've listened to 8020, you probably have also listened to Welcome to the Collective. So hopefully you guys really, really enjoy today's episode. Um, Brianne and I actually did a podcast swap, so you can go listen to the episode that I recorded on hers. Obviously, you're listening to her episode on my podcast. Um, A little bit about Brianne, if you've never met her before. She is a podcast host, like I said, a PhD student, and the CEO of Hell French Collective, a clothing brand that was built as a means to help Brianne through a difficult time in her life, as well as now she uses the brand as kind of a platform to help those who are going through their own battles as well. In today's episode, we talk all about confidence. So we talk about confidence in your academics, we talk about confidence in your business, in your day-to-day life. A couple things that really, really stuck out to me were how kind of different areas of your life might require confidence in different capacities and brand really gets into the nitty gritty of like how to manage confidence in your business, how to work against imposter syndrome. Even if you're young as a CEO, she talks about med school and how that kind of comes with its own slew of confidence requirements. This episode is perfect for anyone who's worried about failure, who is starting school soon and worried about confidence. This episode fits perfectly into Healing Girl Summer because I feel like kind of 
a really important avenue of healing is healing the relationship that you have with your confidence. So I am so, so excited for you guys to hear all the incredible things that Brianne has to say today. So without further ado, Brianne, welcome to 8020. What's been like the high of your week so far? I guess the week just started. The high of my week, let me think. It's Tuesday. Okay, so the high of my week is that I don't know if you watch Below Deck. I don't know if you've ever okay, love watched that, show. that series. Love that um, show. Yeah, but so the Down Under season just started. And the highlight is that they release two episodes every week instead of just one. And they release on Monday nights. So I get to watch it today. So like a little, <laughs> a little something to look forward to. Yeah, a little fun <laughs> afternoon situation. Do you and Dean watch it together? Like, do you guys yeah. like, have like a true? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we have to watch it together. We're not allowed to watch it like without the other person. And we literally started watching it. I want to say like a year ago. And we watched every single season of every single different like spinoff, like the normal one, the med one, sailing yacht. And yeah, it's now like my new favorite show. And I feel like I should be a decky and I should go and I should like clean boats and like do all this stuff. <laughs> no, it makes you want to go be, uh, yeah, a yachty. Like it does. Yeah. And it- I don't even like water. So I don't know why I think that I should like live on a boat, but apparently I do. It looks fun, but it also looks like really, really, really hard work. Like they work their booties off. Mm-hmm. Dean and I were just talking about that yesterday because we watched last week's episode last night and we were like they literally don't sleep like they literally do not get any sleep but at the same time they work for what like six weeks and they make like more than people's salaries so no, it's, it's worth nothing. it I know I feel like it would be worth it for a little while like just grind really hard and then just kind of like lax for a little bit. I don't know. It's such an interesting life that they live. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, I'm so pumped to talk about Confident Girl Summer, your series. Um, can you just go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about you, your podcast, all just all the incredible stuff that you do? Oh my God. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Um, my name's Brian Helfrich. I am 26 years old. I currently live in Toronto and I'm also a PhD student. I'm studying bioethics and I have a podcast, Welcome to the Collective. And it kind of came from my clothing brand called Helfridge Collective. I saw your podcast was nominated for a People's Choice Award. Oh my God. Yeah. Congrats. Oh my gosh. Thanks. I literally was like, why is this happening? I was like, I don't know who listens to this podcast but thank you so much like that's insane do you know did you like get an email or did you like did someone like mm-hmm. tag you in something no that's I got an email incredible. so so yeah, exciting. super exciting so you clearly have such an incredible impact on your listener base and the people who follow you and love you and um you're currently hosting a series called confident girl summer can you kind of just tell us like a little bit about that what kind of inspired that series first thank you so much that's so sweet of you um but also yeah so I have this series called confident girl summer right now and it basically came from I know like everyone's kind of heard of like hot girl summer and I love it I love hot girl summer but I kind of thought to myself like okay 
what do I need to do like internally to like feel like a hot girl? And for me, that was just kind of like upping my confidence. And as someone who has always struggled with confidence, especially kind of in the summer, especially like going on vacation or going to the beach, wearing bikinis, like all of that kind of things. Um, I'm also more social in the summer and that always gave me a bit of anxiety and kind of like stressed out my confidence levels. So I just wanted to kind of make a series just to like let other girls know, like it's normal to have a lack of confidence and kind of ways that we can all work to increase it in different areas of our life. I would totally agree that summer definitely feels a little rocky when it comes to confidence. And Mm -hmm. I've definitely found a lot of peace in kind of the confidence strategies that I kind of like chatted a little bit on your podcast. We did a swap by the way, guys. So definitely go listen to Brian's um, episode and welcome to the collective. Um, so on that episode, I talked a little bit about like my confidence tips and tricks, but I would love, love, love to hear your side of the story. Where does your confidence come from and how do you maintain it? Yeah, that's such a good question because I feel like my confidence is never technically like maintained I definitely have a lot of ebbs and flows when it comes to it and I feel like it happens different stages of my life different times of the month we kind of talked about that on my podcast but like when I was 18 I was probably the most confident person ever I would like walk into a bar and think every boy wanted me like it was so wild also in Canada like in Alberta we're legal at 18 so that's that's fine. Um, and then as I kind of got a little bit older, I started getting a little bit more self-conscious and that sort of stuff. And now being 26, I've kind of reached a point where I was like, okay, what can my life look like if I was just the most confident version of myself? So to me, it's really hard to always be confident. I don't feel like anyone's ever really confident, but I always say fake it till you make it. It's always something that I just want to kind of put out the best energy that I can. And we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but just the way that I talk to myself is so important. And I never really thought about that growing up I never really thought that it actually meant anything a lot of people would tell you like if you wouldn't say this to your best friend don't say it to yourself and I was like well that's stupid like obviously I'm gonna say it to myself like who does that really impact but the more self-deprecating you are the more you're gonna see it in so many different facets of life and so I've just really tried to pay attention to kind of just the way that I view myself and the way that I talk about myself to just kind of overall boost that whole kind of level of confidence. Do you have anything that you say to yourself on a day-to-day basis to kind of boost your confidence? Yeah, I always I always tell myself I'm like I'm a boss ass bitch. Like all the time right. Right. I always get especially with school, like school I find I'm very anxiety filled, especially being kind of a STEM sort of student and most of the time it is very male dominant I would feel very kind of shitty about myself I'd feel like I was kind of being pushed to the side or people weren't taking kind of my thoughts seriously and so I always tell myself like I am so fucking smart like all the time even if I'm like don't feel it even if I don't know I get a grade back and it's not good and it's like 
a C or a D or whatever. I'm like, I am so fucking smart. Like this person has no idea what they're talking about. I am so good at this. And I basically just kind of lie to myself like over and over and over until I finally start to believe it. And it's definitely getting to a point where I'm starting to believe it more. It's definitely still not like a thousand percent. I wholeheartedly think that this is like who I am and what I embody. But the more you say it, the more you're just going to start to kind of actually become that person that you want to be. I love your school example. um, Mm -hmm. And I would love to dive a little bit deeper into that as well. So you're a PhD candidate and Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that process is like, but I could imagine it is incredibly hard. Um, So kind of take us through like a day in the life of student brand. Yeah, that's such a good question, especially because I feel like academic validation is definitely one of the things that can totally derail your self-worth. And the reason I'm a PhD candidate is because I didn't get into med school. Like this was kind of my second plan. This was like almost a backup. And so whenever I tell people like, oh, I'm a PhD student, they think, oh shit, you're probably so smart. You did all these things. This is so cool. And in my head, I always think, yeah, but I didn't get into med school. So this was my backup plan. And so for me, kind of not getting into med school and kind of going through that whole like trial and tribulation of applications, the MCAT, like interviews, all this stuff. I had to learn how to separate my self-worth from my academic success because I used to think that those two were synonymous and it's just, that's not the case. And I kind of had to like learn that what I do academically doesn't actually equate to who I am as a human being. And so basically that's like the biggest thing I've had to learn. And that's the biggest thing that I have to tell myself every single day is that going into school, doing all this stuff, if I don't get accepted to a conference or I've had like my professor send me an email the other day being like, this paper is a little tough. Like this paper is like (laughs) probably not very good. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you so much. So I will revise it. I was like, (laughs) awesome. Um, But I had to basically just constantly tell myself that like, yeah, sometimes you're just not going to do that great. Sometimes a certain topic or field or subject just isn't your vibe. It's just not going to work for you. And I just have to like constantly remind myself that that doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of a human being. That doesn't mean like I'm not a good person. And so I think that's just the biggest thing that I have to kind of tell myself every day. And I just say those affirmations kind of over and over and over and over because school's really fucking hard and it definitely can break you down and getting emails like that from your professor on like a random like Friday afternoon you're like this is probably not what I wanted today yeah and you just have to kind of remind yourself like you're still the shit and you'll be able to keep going and like this isn't the end-all be-all This episode is brought to you by AG1. August is definitely one of those months where it's like summer fun, you're just chilling, and then all of a sudden life just sneaks up on you. And I'm feeling like there's a lot going on right now at the moment. So taking a handful of supplements every morning 
is just not going to be in the cards for me. It's too time consuming. It's too tricky to like jump up and down the grocery aisle to try to figure out which supplements I should take. And that is why I drink AG1 every single day. AG1 is the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink AG1 first thing in the morning and it truly makes me feel so ready to take on the day and like I can tackle anything that life throws at me. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, your probiotic and more in one simple drinkable habit. And it's actually the healthiest thing that you can do for yourself in under a minute. AG1 is delivered to me every single month so it's super easy to make it a daily habit and it's one of those things that I look forward to in my morning routine. If you want to take ownership over your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash 8020. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash 8020. Check it out. I love that advice. Just separating yourself from like the project or the paper or, but that's so hard to do. Was there like a moment that you can remember where a switch kind of flipped and you were like, okay, I like it's, I, I either do it or I don't. Was there like kind of a defining moment for you? Yeah. So during COVID, I had to write the MCAT. I actually wrote it twice because I didn't do well the first time. So I wrote it the second time. And after that time, I remember there just being like a switch in my head, kind of thinking, okay, they're making me go into a room, sit down for eight hours, take an exam on physics with no calculator, no formula sheet, do all these kind of reading comprehension type of things. Like I just kind of said to myself, what does this mean in terms of me being a good doctor? Like I was like, if I can't do physics, I'm still going to be able to like treat a patient. Like I'm still going to be able to like do all these things. And just because I don't know a certain formula off the top of my head right now, doesn't mean I'm not going to be able to succeed in this practice. And of course, like the MCAT is kind of the, it's the standard test to help you get into medical school. And so once I didn't get accepted, I just kind of reminded myself, like, I could be an amazing doctor because of who I am as a person. Even if my MCAT score or my grades don't necessarily reflect the standards to get in. That doesn't necessarily mean like I'm not going to be able to be good at that profession. And so that was kind of the moment that I was like, okay, my academic grades and like my academic career does not impact who I am as a human being or like what I have to offer this world at all. And that was honestly so relieving of kind of a feeling like it was just such a relief because being a STEM major and like growing up thinking I'm gonna have this career I need to be so good at school I need to be everyone I need to have the highest grades it's really tough especially like an undergrad and in high school and all this stuff and so when you don't actually accomplish it sometimes it can just really make you feel super shitty and just feel like you're like not worthy of whatever it is. And so kind of having that moment of realization that like these two things don't correlate and like these two things really don't have any relation to each other was so amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like detaching from the outcome. It doesn't impact who you are as a person or your friendships or anything like that. It doesn't define your character. Mm -hmm. I think that is such an incredible way of looking at it. 
Yeah, especially for anyone who's kind of grown up in like a family where they put a lot of pressure on academic success. And like my family was like that. I literally, I tell everyone this story, but like when I was in undergrad, it was like my first big exam and I got a 98% on it. I was so thrilled. I literally had the best day ever. I went to my Nana's house and I told her and she goes, where's the other 2%? And I go, mm, shit. I was like, okay, cool. And then kind of just like having everyone in your family be doctors or lawyers or chemists, like you just feel a lot of pressure. And so kind of getting to that point where you're like so confident in yourself and what you have to offer the world outside of your profession or outside of like your academic success is so incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of what else you offer to the world, you have a clothing company called Health French Collective. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is something that I started in the middle of the pandemic and it basically started because I felt like my life was a shit show. I got rejected from med school. Like I said, I went through a breakup with a boy. I was stuck at home in my hometown. And something about me is when I went to undergrad, I went to school in Arizona. I literally switched countries because I just didn't love my hometown. I didn't really love the people there. People weren't very nice to me. And I was like, instead of actually dealing with it internally, I'm going to just leave. And so when I went home because of COVID, all those feelings kind of got brought up again. And I kind of had to like start to work through it. And I felt like I was the only person that was struggling. Obviously, that's not actually the case. But just in my own head, I felt like I was the only person that was depressed. I didn't want to leave bed or like super anxious or wasn't getting accepted to school and like had no plan because that was what I've put my whole life into. So now I was like, now what? And so I really wanted to make something to kind of talk about mental health and mental health awareness and kind of advocate for it and so I literally said to my mom I was like I'm just gonna make one hoodie it's gonna be called the trust in it hoodie as in like you can trust in your faith you can trust in the process you can trust in life like whatever it is and I had to kind of tell myself that over and over and be like life is working for me not against me and just like trust in that fact And so I made the one hoodie. We donated to a woman's shelter in my hometown. We also donated to mental health awareness. And ever since then, people really liked it. And it's kind of just become a bigger thing. And now it's almost like my creative outlet. And it's just something fun for me to do. But we just, for each collection that we create, we donate and advocate to different organizations. And that's kind of like the best part of it because I'm like why would I have any sort of platform if I'm not going to use it to do something good and so this is kind of my way to do that that is so incredible so what's been your favorite collection that you released oh that's such a good question I feel like I have so many I mean there's some that I'm like I look back now and I'm like oh those are like a little tough like maybe maybe no one should buy those ones but I feel like the first one is probably just like, it's the one that kind of started the whole thing. I designed it myself, like without my graphic designer, it was literally just like me by myself creating it. And so that's probably my favorite one. 
We have a new one coming out soon. And I love this one because we're kind of like circling back to our roots and donating to mental health again for the first time in like two years. But I just think like the pieces are cool and like each one just gets better and better as we like kind of like get to know what it is that we're doing because I feel like a lot of the time I have no idea what's happening. So you're the CEO. Mm -hmm. And you have like literally a full-fledged company. You design all your pieces. It is the coolest thing ever. What is the biggest misconception that people have about being a young CEO? That it's going to be easy and that it's an easy way to make money. I feel like a lot of people kind of, of course, like a lot of people have passions and they want to do that stuff and of course but I feel like a lot of the time especially when we're younger we think we're just going to kind of make a business and like it's going to be a big success overnight and we're going to make so much money and like go on the yachts that they have on below deck and like all this stuff and unless you're actually really passionate about it probably not like that's not going to happen and if you don't have that passion I feel like you're never going to actually see any success from it. Like I've been doing this for two-ish years and I literally had a breakdown about the money aspect of HC like yesterday. So like it's something that is definitely a slow gratification process and you have to like really be passionate about it and believe in it because if you're not, you're probably going to give up on it before you'll actually see any benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the hardest thing that I've had to learn is like, yeah, you might be struggling so fucking hard right now, but like, if you really love what you're doing and you really believe in it in 10 years or five years or however long, like that's when you'll see some sort of like quote unquote success or monetary gain or any of that from it. Oh, I love that advice. My parents are very, very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And um, so naturally, I feel like I kind of have that gene. And even with the podcast, you know, they've told me time and time again, like whenever I've started something new, and especially with the podcast, I've seen this formula just, you know, mm -hmm. play through. They said, you will not see a dime of your, you know, blood, sweat, and tears until maybe, maybe if you're lucky, year three. <laughs> and finally I'm in year three and I'm starting to see a little bit <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know I'm starting to see a little bit more traction and more emails in my inbox and it feels good but it's been a long long hard road and I totally agree if you are not fully in it if you can't be self-motivated if you don't like don't have the discipline to you know work through the hard times and you know kind of go through the ebbs and flows and the breakdowns and the this isn't working oh my gosh like this is awesome people love this but this isn't working anymore and I gotta pivot and if you can't handle all of that and like strap into the roller coaster ride like you're not gonna succeed and I definitely think that confidence plays a major major role in that mm -hmm. I definitely agree I think podcast is such a perfect example. I mean, I feel like everyone and their mother like wants to have a podcast uh -huh. now, yeah. which of course, like if you want a podcast, do it. But I know I'm going to say five people who started a podcast. They made maybe 10 episodes max. Yeah. <laughs> and then they stopped and it's yeah. because they weren't getting enough downloads. They weren't getting enough traction, all this stuff. And I'm like, it is literally like the slowest growth 
ever. And if you don't actually love what you're doing, and if you don't actually enjoy it, you're going to quit before you actually see anything from it. And I always say every overnight success is 10 years in the making. Mm. And I mean, if you take like Alex Earl, for example, she literally posted a video once and was like, yeah, I've been posting on TikTok for like three years and it finally just blew up and all this stuff. Like it literally takes so much time. And so that's one of the best things about it because those that I guess succeed are the ones who actually like put in all the work for it. But it's also the worst thing because you're in like year two, like you said, or something. And you're kind of like, okay, well, like, let's get it moving. Like, what? like, let's get something happening. So literally, yeah. And I think the people who fail oftentimes it's they're expecting the success and they're expecting people to listen and they're expecting, you know, big things to happen right away. But I don't think big things really ever happen to people who just like, I don't know, like wish for it. Like you, you Mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta wish for it, but you also gotta work really hard for it. Yeah, I agree. Something that I absolutely love. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably know this, but I absolutely love hosting people at my house for dinner. It's one of my favorite things to do, and I will always, always, without fail, crack open an Olipop, put it into a wine glass, and drink it while I'm cooking dinner. And this has just kind of become a little tradition for me. It's become a little tradition for my friends when they come over. Olipop is a new kind of soda that uses functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and digestive health. So it's a new kind of soda that's actually focused on improving your gut health while bringing you a beverage that's both healthy and delicious. The best part though is that Olipop actually does taste like soda and with less than five grams of sugar per can, it's no wonder Olipop is the fastest growing beverage brand in America. Tonight I am cooking up some pasta and veggies and I already have my Olipops chilling in the fridge. I'm going to crack open probably a strawberry vanilla. I think We've got some root beer in there, maybe some orange squeeze. I can't really remember. But long story short, they're the perfect beverages for, yes, cooking, but also like anything in life, especially during during the summertime. I love to grab one and sit by the pool. The watermelon lime is really good for like a hot summer day. I drink it at my desk while I'm working. I give them to friends. They're a good car beverage too. Some of my friends will even like walk into my apartment, grab an Olipop and leave. (laughs) I just think that that's like a funny little anecdote. Um, anyway, the list of flavors goes on and on. They've got vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, lemon ginger, and a bunch of new flavors that are dupes for your favorites, like Dr. Goodwin, which is a Dr. Pepper dupe, or lemon lime, which is a little bit of a Sprite dupe, but in my opinion, they're better than like Sprite and Dr. Pepper because they make you feel good and they taste fantastic. So all of Olipop's products are non-GMO, they're vegan, they're paleo, and they're keto-friendly with less than eight grams of net carbs per can. You can visit drinkolipop.com slash 8020 and use code 8020 for 20% off of non-subscription orders. Again, that's drinkolipop.com slash 8020 and use code 8020 for 20% off. Olipop can also be found in over 22,000 stores across the country, including Walmart, Kroger, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. Okay, so I want to talk about failures mm-hmm. really quick because failures and confidence, I think, go hand in hand. Um, you talked about rejection from different med schools. I would imagine owning a business, you've seen failure time and time again with the podcast. Failure is just natural. (laughs) I mean, I know from personal Mm -hmm. experience, 
how have you kind of tackled failure and then maybe used it as fuel to your confidence? Owning a business and owning or like hosting the podcast and all this stuff. A lot of the time shit does not go right. Like more times than expected, like nothing actually happens the way that you're hoping for it. And something that I've had to learn is that I need to take those moments and I need to grow from it and I need to pivot and I need to adapt. And that's what's going to make someone successful because you're able to have those quote unquote failures and turn them into something that's beneficial. And I've realized that everyone has moments in life where things don't kind of work out the way that you're wanting and things are kind of shitty. And then you need to take that and you need to learn from it, grow from it and kind of adapt a new plan with it. For example, we have a new collection for HC launching like this weekend. And I went home last week. And so I finally got to see like the full inventory. And I looked at our one piece and I was like, why does this look different than the samples that I have? And I was like, what, like, what is happening here? And basically they changed the color of the stitching and it's like a small thing, but it like annoyed the shit out of me. And I was like, okay, so what are we going to do to fix this? And basically I just had to learn, okay, this is just something that we still need to launch this. We're just going to launch it how it is. Some people might actually like it better because obviously my tastes aren't everyone's tastes. And then I had to take that as kind of a learning curve and be like, okay, so next time I need to be more diligent in making sure that this happens this way, or this does this. And like that kind of thing, because a lot of the time, nothing actually goes <laughs> to plan. I'm sure you know that, like, even with the podcast, I post an episode and I think it's like the best episode a person could hear. I think it's so fucking good. I spent so long on it. I did all this stuff and literally no one gives two shits about that episode. And I'm like, what? is happening so I basically just have to take it learn from it and like move on and I think that that's what makes really successful people is taking those failures finding what it is that you like the lesson in it and then moving forward I'm such a lesson person Mm -hmm. like I'm always like trying to look for like the little like what's like a little like you know bit of like nugget of wisdom that I can take away from this Mm -hmm. and um oh my gosh my my dad always says, um, just adapt and overcome. Like mm-hmm. you, you really can't control much. You can control the controllables and there aren't very many controllables. So, you know, in your case too, like with the thread, like, was it the manufacturer? Like, did they just like, mm-hmm. did anyone in your company know, or just like, it just happened? No, no one knew. And it's because they, like the thread that they used for the samples I don't know why it was like lighter so it almost had like an outline to it and I was like oh that's kind of cool like vibey and then when I got the actual product I was like why does this look a little funky but I like couldn't figure out exactly what it was and then we did the photo shoot and we had the sample and we had the normal one and I was like oh there we go so that happened. But then I took it as kind of a thing that I like made a TikTok and I was like, this is just like what happens. Like, yeah, this is life. This is like, you just have to learn to adapt, like you said, but also just like not dwell on it. Like that's kind of one of the 
toughest things like being young and trying to like own this business and stuff is I like dwell on every little mistake that I've ever made. I have to learn like to let it go because otherwise I'm literally going to dwell on stuff 24 seven because obviously I'm always going to make mistakes and things are always going to happen and it's just moving forward from them. Do you have any overthinking strategies just to like help yourself let, let things go? I want to say yes, but like I am the biggest overthinker all the time. Like I always just panic about literally everything. And it's to the point that I'm like, this is so unhealthy. Like I actually need to like talk about this more in therapy. But I think one of the biggest things is I just try and like live in the present moment, which way easier said than done because I'm a person that always is planning like what's coming next but I try to just like ground myself a little bit and just kind of be like okay I'm fine I'm safe I'm okay let's work through this logically instead of just kind of spiraling myself out of control because like one thing will go wrong like say my coffee's wrong or I don't know what and then I will automatically be like something's gonna happen today this is a bad omen. Everything's going wrong. And I'm like, no, like it's okay that my coffee like had a little bit less oat milk than like I wanted. Like okay, do but you know honestly I mean? though, if the coffee's wrong, that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I will give you that though. Like if the coffee order's wrong, oh yeah, you better watch yeah. out. No, I'm the same way too though. Like it's, it's hard to not let the little things get to you. And I would agree. I don't really have like a tangible action step for people other than just kind of like going back to like just controlling what you can control. And like, if yeah, there's not enough oat milk, like you just kind of have to like, let it be and like, let it roll. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I also always just tell myself like everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And like, I know some people don't like that because they're like, There's no reason for like certain things to happen. But if I were to look back on everything that has happened in my life, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I wouldn't have accomplished what I've accomplished or like had certain things that have happened if all those things that I thought were like life ending, horrible things that like were the worst thing to ever happen to me. If those didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And I wouldn't have this impact that I have or whatever it is so I just try and always remind myself like everything happens for a reason even if I don't know it in the moment it's gonna end up being a blessing later on and so just trying to like tell myself that over and over has helped a little bit no literally I I'm such a big believer in the butterfly effect like I hate to be toxically positive but whenever a friend is going through something or whenever I'm going through something my like default setting is like, but wait, this, there's a reason for this. Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, like if I'm running late for a meeting or something, I'm like, okay, well then maybe this is avoiding a car accident or maybe, you know, this is, you know, maybe the other person is something's, you know, I'm, I'm late so they can take a phone call and get, Mm -hmm. you know, the information that they were, you know, waiting for. And so it's all like so interconnected and like everything always works out how it's supposed to. And it's so toxically positive to sit there and be like, well, I know that you're really going through it, but this is happening for a reason, but it's so true. It always ends up being true. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, especially when things are like so fucking hard or like everything seems like it's kind of crumbling, like that is almost like the one thing I hold on to. Like that is like the one thing that I almost need because again, I can spiral myself out of control. So I like have to remind myself like everything's happening 
for whatever reason. And whenever I'm upset or is like talking to my mom or talking to Dean or whoever, I will always kind of say like, I don't know what the reason is right now, but like, I know that this is happening for some sort of benefit to me later on. Even if you don't understand it in the moment, like looking back at everything that has happened, I'm like, okay, if those didn't happen, who knows like what my life would look like. Yeah. It's like the building blocks, you know, Mm -hmm. like it really is just like, I don't know, it like adds to your story too. Like when people ask me to like describe myself or like, you know, explain how I landed where I am today. I'm like, do you have time? (laughs) I'm like, do you want the short version or the, or like, you know, the long version or the longer version? Because like, it's crazy. So the average age of my podcast listener is like on the low end, like 21, 22 on the high end, like 20, 425. If you could go back and tell your 22-year-old self one piece of advice, what would you tell her? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like I would tell her that everything's going to be okay. And like kind of going off like what we talked about when I was 22, I literally felt like my life was over. I felt like I wasn't getting into the schools that I wanted. I felt like every boy hated me and I like was never going to find someone and I was never going to get married or like just, I literally felt like everything was against me. And I felt like I just like, wasn't going to be okay. I felt like I was going to really struggle all the time and it was just never going to get better. And so looking back on it, I'm like, all those things again, like they had to happen to like help me grow and help me like work through my feelings in a positive way and like go to therapy and like it forced me to do the things that I might not wanted to do when I was that age. And so I would literally just tell her like everything's gonna be okay. Just take everything for what it is and like you will always get through it. I always say you've oh you've gotten through all the hardest moments in your life so far. And so that's kind of just what I would say. Thanks, Brianne, so much for coming on today. Um, if the listeners want to find you and listen to your podcast and check out How French Collective, where can they do all of those things? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, my Instagram is at Brianne Helfrich. The podcast is at WTTC podcast underscore. Someone took WTTC podcast, so I had to add an underscore, and I'm like very confused why someone took it. Anyways, and then also Helfrich Collective is at Helfrich Collective on Instagram, website, helfrichcollective.com. And then you can listen to Welcome to the Collective podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.